If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Better with Dr. Erica. You guessed it, I'm your host, Dr. Erica. We are discussing another one of the better seven today. You know, those seven essential areas of your life to be better, do better, and live better? We're discussing supply, or simply put, what you put in your body. I have a food safety expert, y'all, on, and I learned so much. My guest is Kim Williams, and she has made food safety sexy. Seriously. She is so smart with a master's degree in food safety and experience working at General Mills, Coca-Cola, and Amazon. No matter if you have not started your healthy eating journey or are firmly on the path, you will learn something. Now the questions this episode will answer are, what is food safety? What are those chemicals in food? Is any packaged food safe? How do you find moments of joy in the midst of this pandemic? Also, this episode is filled with shareable moments. I even admit that I felt like my mind was blown a few times. So number one, you're not going to want to miss any of this. But the other thing is, let me tell you how to share it like we do in Better Nation. Post your favorite quotes or points on social media with the hashtag Better Nation. See, it's pretty simple. So now you know how to share. You know what's coming up. And you can be excited and get ready to hear not only about food safety, but something pretty exciting. And this episode is so fun that you're going to enjoy every moment of it. So rather than me just tell you about it, let's get to it. On to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, y'all, it's Dr. Erica here, your double board certified and Harvard trained psychiatrist. I'm here to bring with you another inspirational conversation. And this one you are going to totally enjoy because it features, number one, one of my Spellman sisters, and you know how I feel about Spellman. Spellman is like my happy place. And I feel like I literally don't know a single person that I went to school with that isn't brilliant. So why not bring all this brilliance onto the pod? So I'm really excited about having her. My guest today is Kimberly Williams, and you're going to love all that she has to bring to the pod. Now, I'm going to let you in on a secret. We are breaking her podcast, Cherry, here. I know. I said it. Now, I'm going to warn you. When you hear her, you're going to think I'm a lie. You're going to think I'm lying. There's no way she hasn't done this before. But that's because she's brilliant. And I told you she went to Spellman. So today, 
let me tell you a little bit about my guest. So she spent the last 20 years working in a variety of quality and engineering roles for Fortune 250 companies. Yes, Fortune, all of the Fortune. And she has done so much with them working. Let's see. I feel like there's so much to say that I, I'm not going to say it all because, you know, saying entire bios is not my ministry. And I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about that. But let's just suffice it to say that now she's at some place that we all use all the time. Like literally, I feel like if there was a way to have something on Internet speed dial, I would have where she works now on Internet speed dial. I, I feel like I look at their app every single day, like every day. And one of the kind of cool things is that since she does work in food safety, and we'll get to talking about what food safety is, because I feel like it's one of those things that it seems logical what food safety is, but I don't think we all really know what food safety is. But she's not only is she a fellow Spelmanite, but she's from the South. And you know, people from the South just bring it. So she's originally from Huntsville, Alabama. She went to Spelman College and Georgia Tech, where she studied chemistry and chemical engineering and has a master's degree in food safety from Michigan State University. But I'm going to cut it off here because you know what? I told you my ministry is not reading bios. So welcome to the podcast, Kim. And can you tell the people a little bit more about yourself? Well, thank you, Erica. This is such a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. And uh, thank you for my bio and my 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 uh, intro. So yes, we want to talk about some of these Fortune 250 companies that I that I've worked for. So um, as you heard, my degrees are in chemistry and chemical engineering, which basically means that I've been trained to work in an oil field. Uh, but I didn't want to work in an oil field. Uh, and so when I graduated from college, I was like. What else can I do where I don't have to worry about the state of my ovaries uh, if something Mm. spills on the floor? And so at the time, a a lot of food companies were recruiting chemical engineers uh, because we had process engineering experience, which basically meant we could understand how they make food from from beginning to end and and play an integral part uh, in in, in their manufacturing environments. So... I ended up taking a job with General Mills right out of school because I was like, if Cheerios fall on the floor, my ovaries are fine. I'm Mm. going to be good if they fall on the floor. So that was my foray into food. Uh, So I, of course, had no idea that that's what I was going to end up doing right out of of college and started working in food and discovered that I absolutely loved it. Uh, It was a way for me to combine a, a passion that I have regarding food and then also the technical aspects. And then I, I left. I started working for General Mills. Left them. Started working for Coca Cola, uh, and actually worked in fountain quality. So mm. I learned all the ins and outs of fountain equipment and how we deliver fountain beverages. And I supported uh, Coke's largest customer, McDonald's, and wow. then yeah, in those endeavors. And so I got to even dive even deeper into my quality knowledge and experience. And also work with a with a major customer, so that that was really cool. And then towards the end of my tenure at at Coke, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to get a master's degree. At the time, I didn't really care what it was in, but there was another colleague of mine who had gone to Michigan State and had gotten her master's in food safety. And I was like, this is actually very practical. It's super interesting. 
And at the time, Coke was moving into what they called liquid food. Okay. And so, but nobody really had food safety experience. So I was like, this is going to help my career. So I, you know, started the program. And the other part of it was Coke was going to pay for it. What is liquid food? I I hate to interrupt you, but I just want to know. So, which is a great question. Liquid food is things like smoothies. Okay. Yes. And then uh, it would be things like juices with additives in them. Okay. So that's how they were defining what they call liquid, what they call liquid food. That's not a common term in in industry. Uh, But so I started the food safety program and then I got impacted by a layoff from Coke and I was like, well, uh, what am I going to do? And so I was talking to my mentor and he was like, you should look at Amazon. They're brand new into food safety. And he was like, I just happen to know who their new director is. And so he introduced me to the director, interviewed for the job and and got it. And so that was technically my first, you know, full time job in food safety. I had worked in quality and had done, you know, food safety type work in a manufacturing environment, but never uh, for for major uh, retailer. So that that's a little bit about how how I landed here and how I ended up in food safety. Can I just have a moment for you making me think about all my warm and fuzzy moments with cereal? Oh, I have a whole textbook about how we make cereal. I'm, we'll have to get to this because the fact that it takes chemists to make food is its own little thing. Cause you know, one of my best friends, um, is chemical engineering also and worked with Pringles. So it's just interesting thinking of it about the fact that food needs chemists. Yes. <laughs> they do. I, I wish they could see my the look on my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's why I love all these people because I, I was a biochemistry major. So it's like I, I know lots of people that have chemistry backgrounds. Well, and that's the thing because people when they some people take food and eating um at for granted. Like food eating is one of two activities that people do that involves all of your senses. And so if you think about the food that you're eating, you're using all of your senses. So you really do need a very strong chemist or product developer to look at the food that you're consuming and making sure that you have a total experience. So like that bowl of cereal, somebody took time to measure bowl life to determine how how long it takes for it to go from crunchy to complete sogginess. Ooh. Yes. And how much milk or whatever liquid that you're using, like they take, they take that, they, they test that out. And like, if there's a coating on it, like some people like to drink the milk afterwards and somebody, so, I mean, somebody took the time to figure out like, okay, the coating that's on here, what does it do to the milk? How does it flavor the milk? How does that affect the sensory experience? For so that's consumer? why Apple Jacks are so phenomenal. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I- uh, well, you don't work there anymore because that's not General Mills. So General Mills is Cheerios, right? General Mills is Cheerios. The kids' cereals are Trix, Cocoa Puffs, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, oh Trix used to be my jam too because it was Trix, Fruit Loops, and Apple Jacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently was staying in a hotel and I fell off the wagon a few days eating Apple Jacks. <laughs> It was glorious. It was so glorious. So before we get all the way started into the meat of the podcast, I have a couple of this or that questions for you. Are you ready? I am. And and I moved some of these around. Some of them, I'm not sure what you're going to say. So I, I'm, I'm just waiting with bated breath. Okay. Burgers or kale? 
Oh, um, burgers. Now, this is the point where I have to ask you, what meat do you like in your burger? Actually, I like bison burgers. All right now. See? That actually is my favorite. See, and that, that's why we have people like Kim around. <laughs> the next one is beach or mountains. Oh, beach for sure. Oh, I love it. The next one, this one, I, I'm not sure on this one. Ice cream or cake? That is difficult because sugar is a favorite of mine. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with cake. Ooh. That was hard, though. That, that was a toughie. And and the hilarious thing is then there's always the remix when you have, like, the, the ice cream that has the cake in it, like birthday cake oh ice God. cream. Jenny's wedding cake ice cream was the best thing that happened to me this summer. Oh, see, and I uh, was on the road for my birthday, and I ended up getting Jenny's birthday cake ice cream. So good. I know. iPhone or Android? iPhone. That's why I love you. The last one is tea or coffee. I'm going to go with tea because I do not drink or enjoy coffee at all. I don't drink coffee either, but the crazy thing is I love the smell of coffee. I'm with you. I do. I love, I like how it smells, but I do not enjoy how it tastes at all. Yeah. It's not, I, and my whole family are heavy coffee drinkers, so it's kind Mine of hilarious too. that I just don't get down. But then I have all these random tea appliances. <laughs> I have a problem. But we're not here to talk about my problem with buying tea cups, tea appliances, tea that has to be mailed to me. I got a problem. I'm not going to ask you to solve it. I, I won't. But I was, I was thinking, I was like, there was this fantastic tea company that was up the street from me in Seattle. I used to walk over there and get specialty teas all the time. What's the name of it? I Miro yeah. Tea. M-I-R-O. Oh, yeah. I, I use... Brooklyn tea, probably the most. Um, they're black owned and based in Brooklyn. Mm. Um, and then behind that is there's a black owned tea shop in St. Louis named Teetopia. Nice. So I'm drinking Teetopia right now. I'm cheating on Brooklyn tea. They'll forgive you. I know. I, I give them both love. So I feel like, and, and I mention them often. So I feel like I should, I should be getting a cut off of something. I would agree with that. So I, I know when we started off, you you told um, the audience and myself a little bit about how you transitioned into food from dealing with the wonderful world of chemistry and chemical engineering. What do you love about working with food safety? Um, it's one of those fields where I'm like, first of all, everybody has to eat. And so there's some job security in that, but also people take for granted, we all take for granted our food, our food sources, and what all is involved with getting food from wherever it is grown, wherever it is processed to, to our plates. And so it, it gets, so what I really love about food safety is that also it feeds into my technical nature mm -hmm. in terms of every, everything is a process. So just understanding and knowing that whole process and then being able to influence how it impacts our, our customers. Um, the other thing that's fascinating about it is that food brings so many memories um, and it can be happy memories. But then when food 
and people go bad, like when people get sick, mm. it is awful. And so to be in a space where I can also impact how, um, how our customers experience food uh, is something that's just, it's impactful. So it seems like you, you're able to pull the curtain back on all this stuff that's behind the food that somehow magically arrives at our houses. If you could think of a few things that you wish other people knew, not just the food safety crew like you, what are some things that you wish people in general, including our audience, would know about having their food be safe? The first thing is it's temperature. Um, again, we take for granted our refrigerators, uh, but everybody should have a thermometer and everybody should test the, the temperature of their, of their refrigerator and it should be below 40 degrees. And because that's the magic point where, you know, our little micro friends like to grow and that's, that's what's going to lead to people getting sick. So just having respect for your refrigerator and, and, and knowing its temperature is one thing that, uh, that I wish people would uh, know a little bit more about and not, not so much take, take for granted. Um, but then also just knowing your food sources, um, you know, knowing that there is a farmer out there and there are people who are picking your tomatoes and picking your, your orange, your oranges that go into your orange juice. And here's the other thing that, and that kind of gets me because um, people also, you know, they want to sometimes poke at some of the larger corporations and the, the products that they make. Um, and then they'll like dissect it and say, I'll give you an example for orange juice. Cause like mm -hmm. to make orange juice and especially to make it so that it tastes, the thing is customers don't like taste or flavors that, that fluctuate. They want okay. it to taste the same way every time. But Mother Nature does not work that way. You know, the orange that's grown this year is not going to taste just like the orange that was grown, that's going to be grown next year or the orange that, that, was, that grew last year. It's just not. That's just how it works. But, you know, but, comp but larger corporations, they want that consistent flavor. So they have done all the work that they need to do to understand how they take all of the different components of an orange and store those and then recombine them so that they have a consistent product throughout the year. So... Part of it is a balance of understanding what it is that you want out of a product, but what it takes to actually get there and just having respect for that. And, you know, because different people, you know, have different relationships with food and with beverages. And it's kind of like, you know, if if knowing like all of the sources of your food is super important to you, just recognize it's not going to taste the same every day. And you got to be OK with that. <laughs> I would have never even thought of that because. Now that you mentioned that, I remember when I was in medical school, we all had this thing about orange juice and a chunk of us loved orange juice with pulp in it. And there's one particular brand that we all really loved. And now that I think about it, it tastes the same. It's tasted the same over 20 years, <laughs> no matter what season. So, wow, I I never even thought of the fact that it takes so much to keep something consistent. Yes. But so, no, I also never thought about actually paying attention to the temperature of my refrigerator. That's, that, that's, 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 that's where the bad things happen. Now, what kind of thermometer do you usually use to test your um, I actually, I'm lazy right now. So I'm using the, um, the, my refrigerator tells me what the temperature is, but, um, I actually have, I carry a couple probe thermometers for work. So I have 
jam those in there. And then I also have a, um, a laser thermometer too. So where I can just point it at the back refrigerator and it'll tell me the temperature. Wow. A laser thermometer? Mm-hmm. It's like a little laser gun. You have all the tools. <laughs> so how about this? How about I'll just have you come over periodically and just check, do it. Just check the temp for me? <laughs> I will do that for you because I want you to be safe and your now, family and friends. Now, I know we had kind of talked about the thing that is interesting that a chemist chemists have to be involved in food. And I know one of the things a lot of times we're talking about eating healthy is ideally looking for foods that your ingredients, you don't need to be a chemist to read. If you had to say just from all of your knowledge as a chemist, a chemical engineer and a food safety purpose, if there was one thing people need to know about these labels, what would the one thing be? Um, I had so many thoughts just went through my head. <laughs> about it. I got time. You could say more than one thought. Oh, that that's good. One, um, it's just be respectful of what it is that you're eating. And just because you can't pronounce it doesn't mean that it's not supposed to be there in your food. Um, there are first and foremost corporations. Nobody wants to make anyone sick. They, they want their customers to be well and they want their customers to enjoy the food. Um, and it takes a, it takes a huge team to determine, like, there are people like Consumer Insights who actually study, you know, what it is that people want. And then, you know, then you got product developers who actually, you know, bring it all to life. And then you've got engineers who actually take it from benchtop to full scale. Um, so just know that there's a, a, a lot of people who are involved to make the food that it is that you're consuming. And there's a lot of pride and a lot of love that, that goes into it. And so, like, to, to me, the biggest message is, no one is trying to purposely make anyone um, sick or unhealthy. It really is. It really is about balance. And just because you can't pronounce it, like I said, it doesn't mean that it, it shouldn't be in your food. I'll give you an example. Um, there's a there's a mold inhibitor that is used in food, uh, natamycin, and that's what it is. It's a mold inhibitor, um, and we or food companies use it in a variety of products, but. You can learn how to pronounce that because it's like because the alternative is you purchase this particular dip and it just has mold on it the second you purchase it. Like the mold inhibitor is there so that it can, ex you know, extends the shelf life, you know, so you can enjoy that product for, you know, seven days as opposed to, you know, only being able to use it for 24 hours. Um, but then there are other there are other ones that are considered, quote unquote, natural, like cultured dextrose. And that's not, those aren't words that are typically within people's vocabulary, um, but it, it does the exact same thing as, as natamycin. So like I said, just because you don't know how to pronounce a word doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that it shouldn't be there. Got it. And I, and I think from what you're saying also, because one of, one of the reasons I wanted to do this show is that this concept called the better seven and it's these seven areas that are essential for you to have that better life. And one is supply, which is what are the things that you're putting in your body is that it seems like there needs to be some type of healthy balance at times about there are some things that you're going to get fresh. So if you buy an apple from the store, you got an apple, you know, if you bought some kale, you got kale. If you bought some cilantro, you bought some cilantro. And it seems like it probably would be helpful sometimes to have a healthy balance of naturally there are things that just have to be 
done to food to package it. Absolutely. Versus, you know, if you just get it straight. But the other thing is you also have to be willing for the fact that if, and I know, I know, I know Kim in real life. So we can have this conversation, which is if you're buying a lot of fresh food, you're going to be buying food often. And you you better be intentional about how you're going to use it because I don't know about you. It drives me nuts when I have to throw something out. I literally just saw a meme that someone had that said I had to get that one thing of packaged salad so that I could throw it out in two weeks when it went back. <laughs> I love that meme. It's so true. But But it's one of those things that you have to be able, you have to plan when you're buying fresh. And sometimes people want to have some mixture because then- it may not be convenient to always go to the store day of or a couple of days before, or just the way you can have food keep. Also, people need to realize that along with that fresh comes the things that come with fresh, like bugs. You know, bugs live in fields and they get into your food. Like they're, you know, they're they're not saying, okay, this is for a person. Let me not, let me avoid that. That is not what that bug is saying. So just recognize there's some natural that comes with that natural. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm good for soaking everything in something. <laughs> uh, I'm not getting paid by Trader Joe's, but that Trader Joe's vegetable and fruit wash, <laughs> you know, and when I can't get that, it's that apple cider vinegar that we have found a way to use it for every single thing known to man. Yeah. I don't know. You know, at one point I, it was like hair conditioner, you know, you can soak your your hands and feet in and it's good for your skin and your nails. You can make salad dressing. You can soak fruit. I mean, I won't lie. It's one of those things I feel like you could do everything with. <laughs> I don't know if it cures everything because I swear at one point they made it sound like apple cider vinegar could cure everything from allergies to obesity to cancer. They have made it like the tiger bomb modern day yes like <laughs> like two steps away from tussin <laughs> it's true I, I can't i can't make it up i didn't do it don't go anywhere more from my fantastic guest kim williams in a moment better with dr erica given that i've been away from home as a traveling psychiatrist yeah, you know, I finally went back on the road because, you know, I'd come off the road for COVID. My Christmas was super busy and hectic. I honestly felt like I was doing the most. As I worked late, then flew home, flew again the following day, and had a packed schedule throughout it. I've had to be intentional about scheduling downtime. So that's the tip. Be intentional about scheduling time for rest, self-care, and activities that recharge you. If your internal barometer starts reading busy and you just feel like you are just running around, then it's almost like stop, drop, and roll. But it's stop, drop, and look at your schedule. And look to see what can come off of your schedule to make room for you. Sometimes it has to be retroactive. Ideally, yes, it would be great if we made all the time ahead of time. But sometimes we just get caught up. So I want to encourage you to, when you start feeling busy, look to see what you can do to change that. You've got this. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. So now that we've talked a lot about the wonderful world of food safety, there are some other sides of Kim that I want you to hear about. So there was this period of time 
when you were posting almost daily about your, I would call them pandemic adventures. They're adventures, but they were all based in your house. It wasn't, you were going out and doing all these things, but it was like day 255. What inspired you to do that? Because it was like so cool and so entertaining. Well, it, well how it started was... Um our company sent us home first before anybody else. Like, cause Seattle was kind of like ground zero for coronavirus. Okay. And so, and we had, and then Amazon had one of the first like known corporate cases that they okay. actually made public. And so one day we woke up and they, they told us straight up, don't come to work. Like don't come just work from home. And at the time it was just going to be for two weeks. So I was just like, Oh, all right. So, I mean, I started out by just taking a selfie, just saying, hey, going to be here for two weeks, sitting at the house. And then it morphed into, nope, it's going to be a month. And then the email came where it's going to be, you know, six months. And it was kind of like, oh. <laughs> so, and then, so I was just like, well, I'm just going to start documenting all the things that I'm noticing around up here that are completely changing. So first it went to my gym being closed and, uh, and then, then the, then we got the like stay at home order. And literally mm -hmm. the only thing that we could go out and do was go to the grocery store. Like that was it. So yeah, it just, so it just, it came, it became a way for me to document what's going on, but also became a lifeline for me because the thing is, and this was the not so happy part, but I mean, I'm in Seattle. I'm new to the city. I'm mm -hmm. now on the inside. I don't have any close friends up there. I don't have close family. And, you know, and it's, and it's becoming isolating. So it was a way for me to also connect with connect with people. Well, I won't lie. I've, I would like tune in. I'm kind of sad I didn't see it anymore. I was like, I want to know what's going on day 455. <laughs> I don't know how many days we've been in this now. It seems like a million, but I have... I had no idea, but in the midst of this, I know you already had skills of like making ice cream and those kinds of things. Did you, did you get any new pandemic skills? I, let's see here. I, I, I made my own vanilla extract. Ooh, how did that go? It, it's, yeah, I still have plenty of it. So I made some with rum and I made some with vanilla. Ooh. So basically when I run out of what I have in here, I can come by your house too? You can. Yes. Yes. Okay. And with how expensive uh, vanilla extract is, I'm actually rather grateful that I have did that experiment. Uh, well, I know. I don't know about you. Is I don't make it to the farmer's market as all, often as I want because I know I'm not going to go all the time. And then I end up frustrated that sometimes I just don't need the quantity of stuff that that inspires me to go to DeKalb Farmer's Market. But I remember one day I was in there. And I got this vanilla extract thinking I was getting a deal. It was so expensive at the farmer's market. I was like, I could have got this at Whole Foods. I, I My feelings were super hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla bean costs, yeah, were hurting my feelings. Yes. Yes. I mean. Disrespectful. But but one of the things I've always loved about you is that you could be so creative. Because I think that's one of the things that has been huge for somehow, somehow making it through the pandemic and not getting bored, especially when it comes to food, is being able to experiment or do new things. Um, I think sometimes, somehow makes eating at home more exciting. It, yes, it did. And the thing was, for me, I was like, 
I was because I would think I'm like, okay, how can I take something that's just mundane as you know having a staycation, and you know make it fun? So that's what that's what inspired me to like just take pictures of myself in my house doing random mundane things like taking a tour of my art in my house. Oh, yeah. I was here for all of it. <laughs> All of it. I wish the putting, listeners could see my hands. <laughs> putting on full makeup and, and and staring out the window like I was peering into my neighbor's living room watching TV with them. Oh, I I am totally, totally loving it. And I have to ask you. So a birdie told me that you 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 somehow were able I feel like I've been watching The Walking Dead lately, so it's like I feel like you were able to escape Seattle. Yes. <laughs> what do you think is different about your pandemic life in Atlanta versus your pandemic life in Seattle? Uh, the biggest thing is I actually have friends and family and a support system here. Uh, so I, I, had, I learned throughout this experience never take that for for granted. And I will, mm. I mean, not that I was doing taking it for granted before, but really now. So. That's the biggest thing is that I actually can go out in public and actually meet people and see people that I know and, and love and, and, and care about. Like, I mean, I basically with Seattle, I ended up with like one, one close friend who was my neighbor that we would do Sunday walks with each other. And when the pandemic first started, we had to talk on the phone and walk across the street from each other because we had to socially distance. <laughs> hey, you know, we all had to do what we have to do to keep from getting the heebie-jeebies. So, so I, I love the fact that you brought out the importance of having support, which if you didn't know all of those better seven S's, support is one too. And it's, it's huge, especially in this environment, even if you're not physically in the same space. I know for me, for a long time, I wasn't seeing anybody, but it was nice to know that my best friend was only about two miles, you know, two or three miles away, <laughs> even if I wasn't seeing her. I mean, that's, that's super important. Like, and that was the thing. Cause I was like, all my close family and friends were 2,600 miles away. And I remember when they first, when coronavirus first hit, and like I said, it hit Seattle like first. And I sent my, my, my remember sending my family a text message just saying, Hey, um, they sent us home because of coronavirus. And my brother wrote back, he was like, if you get it, no one is coming to save you. You are on your own. <laughs> He was like, it's between you and God and the internet. <laughs> and I mean, he was joking, but at the same time, I'm like, that's kind of true. Like, if I get sick, I don't know who's going to come help me. Ooh. It's not a nice place to be in. So it's nice to be back in Atlanta where, yes, I know that I've got support. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're alive. I'm, I'm glad that it didn't have to come to God and the internet. <laughs> we'll be back with my insightful guest, Kim Williams. Don't go anywhere. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com com for more information and to put your free consultation. Let me introduce you to Better Nation. Better Nation is the community of people that follow the Better with Dr. Erica podcast that are like you and want to be better, do better, and live better. 
By becoming a member of Better Nation, you also get to receive member-only bonus content to put you officially in the inner circle. Show notes with timestamps so you don't have to search for your favorite moments and some bonus free coaching tools. So visit joinbetternation.com. That's joinbetternation.com to become a VIP and be a part of Better Nation. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for What's Up with Dr. Erica. I'm going to be honest with y'all here. I had an emotional Christmas. I playfully call it the Christmas of tears. I kept finding myself crying, not out of sadness, but out of gratitude. Simply being alive, being COVID negative, having good health and being able to spend time with family and loved ones had me so thankful. It didn't even matter that I couldn't see everyone that I wanted to because I've been conservative with this new variant. I literally told a friend of mine that Santa had already been great to me because I'd seen both of my parents. Just being alive these days is a win. I encourage you to take some time and intentionally think about what you are grateful for. You can take it to another level and write three or five of them down. Gratitude is such a powerful tool to harness positive energy. It's also a great way to put things in perspective if you're also going through challenges. So I want to encourage you to utilize gratitude. And even if your holiday season is not necessarily filled with joy, you still have opportunities for gratitude. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. So at this point, we're going to switch gears a little bit and move to these speed round questions. Are you ready? I can do this. What's the best lesson you learned from your mom? Oh, there's so goodness. There's so, there's so many. Um, what I think the biggest lesson for me is to have a relationship with God, keep that at the center of your life and learn to mind your own business. Oh, I love it. And and I guess that comes in handy if your survival during coronavirus comes between you, God, and the internet. If you have God on your side, <laughs> you don't have to depend on the internet so much. Not as much. <laughs> I love it. What is one piece of advice you'd like to tell your younger self? Um, relax and do more, do more fun things. <sighs> Like, go experience some things. Yeah. I love it. I want to go do fun things now. But taping this podcast is fun, so I will take that. What's something about you that most people wouldn't know? Ah, uh, let's see here. Most people, do they not? Oh, you know what? A lot of people think that I'm extroverted, and I'm not. I'm introverted. I draw my energy from within and not without. So, ooh, yes. All right, now I'm ready. I mean, I'm I'm like I'm learning all the fun facts today. <laughs> if you have a day off, what are you looking forward to doing? Um, having brunch. Breakfast is my favorite meal. <sighs> it just. I was literally fantasizing about pancakes an hour and a half ago. Yes. yes. They're so good. But I'm trying to get my life together because um, 
as we talked about, I'd been eating my way through Massachusetts. So at some point it has to stop. I understand. I don't want to have to like have every picture of me be from the, from the neck up. <laughs> I'll be sitting there and you, you need to actually do something and you can't fit anything in your closet that's not spandex. Yeah. I Look, I get it. So I know I'm a, Brunch can be lovely even without the pancakes or the chicken and waffles. I was also thinking about chicken and waffles too. (laughs) But this isn't about me. It's about you. What is something that helped you get through the pandemic? Um, You know what? Knowing when to ask for help and being okay Mm. with asking for help. So even at work, being able to tell my manager, I need, I need a couple days off because I'm having a difficult time. Um, you know, being able to say that. And then also, um, I had a therapist that I was working with in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. contacting her when I got to a point where I felt like mentally I was just spinning. Um, and just so having, having those, those, that kind of support system around, certainly that's really what, what helped. And then, um, Really close friends and family. Um, I had I joined a couple book clubs, um, and so actually my Atlanta book club they went to Trash TV Club, so <laughs> that was fantastic. And then I joined a new virtual book club called Virtual Insanity, and so between those two groups, yeah, that's what got me through. <laughs> I'm what what Trash TV is included in the Trash TV Not So Book Club. I know. So we started out with Tiger King, like everybody else. And then we moved to Married at First Sight. Oh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to Married. (laughs) And I haven't seen all of the seasons because I watched my first season when they dropped like one or two seasons on Netflix. And I don't have cable. So then I'm like going all these random places trying to catch a season or something. But I missed the latest seasons. But I heard... The last season, one of the last trash, and and they've done Atlanta before, and Atlanta was a mess before. Mm-hmm. I it mean, was. I don't know what it is about Married at First Sight. When they come to Atlanta, it just it's just a it's just disastrous. You know what? If they would actually listen to the women um, of Atlanta, they would they would they would fare better. Well, I have mixed feelings about all of the dating shows when they come here because I feel like. At least Married at First Sight has a specific format that they use no matter where they are, even though there are times I feel like there's no way you did the amount of testing because most of these shows do do psychological testing and all of this stuff. There's no way you didn't know this was was going to be nuts. I can't say what I'm thinking about because this is a clean show. But it's like, you knew these people were going to be a powder keg. You knew this was going to be disastrous. And you you did it. But unlike Married, at least Married at First Sight has a thing. I felt like the way they set up, what was the one that's on OWN? The black one? Uh, Ooh, um, 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 Ready, Ready to, to love. love. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was part of Trash TV Club, too. Ready I, to Love. I felt like Ready to Love literally set themselves up to trigger black women, especially the first season when they got rid of, they literally set up the conditions that everyone stressed out about here when they had a whole bunch of women, a handful of dudes. 
I was like, really? It's just out of everything you could have done. Really? Yes. I'm with you. They need to consult you. They need to hire you. <laughs> well, at least it's like a few of the shows. Every once in a while, I'll see one where it feels like you at least tried to act like it may not be perfect, but at least there was a chance somebody could meet someone. But it's like some of these, it's like there's no way anybody was going to meet anybody. And I, I admit it. I know this took a side thing in speed round because, you know, the pandemic has you watching really random stuff because then it's like and I watch a lot of Netflix. So at one point, Netflix was dropping all these dating shows because it was like, are you the one was dropping? <laughs> but, but you're but you're so right. Like he can be. I think we talked about this before, how. This is a, a conversation that's just very triggering. Like singleness, especially as it relates to Black women, is just very triggering. And then to have TV shows that just continue to perpetuate stereotypes about Black women and dating. And it and the thing that, that bothers me about a lot of the ones for Atlanta is just like they want to show this floss and this shine. Um, and that's, I'm like, that's not real life. Like, that's not how, you know, at least none of my friends, that's not how we are. And so it's just very discouraging. And then, yeah, to show these men who are just falling out for, you know, this floss and this shine and then wondering why they end up in these dramatic relationships. It's kind of like, well, that's how you set it up. I mean, I feel like the only one that came out decent was, what was the show where they didn't meet each other until oh, after? Love is Blind. With Lauren and yeah. whoever she's with that I totally love them. Yeah. They're like the most cutest. But even yeah, that show them. had a cr- that mess with... Uh, the bisexual man. Yes. And, and the woman and the fact that they wouldn't allow him. Or however it went where she wasn't granted the opportunity to know, you know, that was a part of who he is. Yes. And, and I think it, it was a, a take on reality of the fact is that whenever we are giving people sensitive information, we have to allow some space of processing for that information. Because I felt like in that particular show, if you all haven't seen the show, is that they, they talk, they actually don't see each other. They don't see each other until they propose, then they actually meet each other. And the guy's name was Carlton. Now that I think about it. It was Carlton and Diamond that they met. And then he springs on her that he's bisexual, but then gets really triggered and upset when she's like, Hey, and, and it just, it snowballed. But I think the lesson of life is that as we're moving through this, this journey to, I hate the word tolerance because it just sounds like you're just tolerating people. But to be allies and to be understanding of people as individual human beings, that we need to give each other space to process information as you get it. Because sometimes you may get some information that may be a little uncomfortable. But if we had this expectation that no one ever need any process time, then folks' feelings are going to be hurt all the time. It's so true. And that's just so well said. Thank you. It's what I do. The last one after we left talking about trash TV. (laughs) We can talk about that trash TV for quite a while. Is what is your superpower? Ooh, my superpower. Um, 
I'm actually very good at reading people. And so I, yeah, I can, I can, I can read you your life. But I don't tell people that. Well, I guess I just told a whole bunch of people, but yeah. Don't call her asking her to redo your life. Mm -mm. You might not like the answer. I know. Well, I mean, that's that's the perfect way place to stop this. <laughs> so what are some of your final thoughts or takeaways for the people? Ooh, okay. From a food safety standpoint, um, and this is to my black friends and family, food safety is for you. Just because your grandmother did it, it does not mean that it is the correct way to do it. Stop washing your chicken in the sink because all it does is spread bacteria all over your kitchen. So do not wash your chicken. And Hold on. I, I need clarity. I need clarity because your food safety. Are you saying don't wash the chicken at all or just don't wash it in the sink? Do not wash it at all. Oh, I thought I was going to get caught, cut out of the black, like the blacks. Because I didn't grow up, my family didn't wash chicken. <laughs> and, and there are all these conversations constantly on the internet about you ain't black if you don't wash your chicken. So thank you. Because yeah. I, I didn't grow up with people washing chicken. Yes. Come on back. Well, I mean, they're going to kick me out too. But. Well, and I never could figure out how you could wash it and not have to sanit like do like a million years worth of sanitation. Yes. After raw chicken juice was everywhere. Yes. Because it literally is everywhere. Don't I'm part it. of the black delegation. Mm -hmm. Of not washing chicken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The food safety person said I was brought up correctly. Thank you. You were brought up correctly. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was a word. <laughs> you you don't know how, how much warmth is in my heart. That I'm still part of the black delegation. <laughs> you definitely are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So where can people find you or do you want to be found? They can find me. They can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Where, where do they find you on the LinkedIn? On LinkedIn, they can find me under, well, I do have the world's most generic name, but if they um, do a search for Kimberly Williams, Amazon, uh, my, my face will pop up. And definitely welcome to connect that way. And the other way they can connect with me is on Instagram. Um, now, granted, I will give the disclaimer that on Instagram, uh, it's mostly the place where I use for pictures of kittens and food. So <laughs> just so you know, those are two things I'm passionate about. But my uh, handle on Instagram is chemistry, K-I-M-A-S-T-R-Y. Ooh, kittens and food. I love it. My my IG, not my own thing, but everything that gets curated for me is puppies and babies. <laughs> it is, and for some reason, it's mainly Yorkies and Frenchies and babies. <laughs> I can't make this up. So the first thing I had to say is thank you, Kim. It's been so wonderful to have you. I've had a total blast. As I said, the people will think I'm lying when I said this is your first podcast appearance because you were so excellent. So thanks for letting us pop your podcast, Cherry. 
I feel sufficiently popped. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank Woo-hoo. you, Erica. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you all of you out there in podcast land who have taken time out of your super busy lives to spend quality time with us and have us in your ears. So thanks so much for trusting me to bring this content to you. Thanks for being so welcoming of my wonderful guest, Kimberly Williams. And my final word I would say today is we have to continue to learn more about what we put in our bodies. And for a lot of us, there have been so many challenges, especially not just with this pandemic, but, you know, we get older, our habits change, our routines change. Um, But it's important to actually pay attention to it and be realistic of what you're actually going to do. So if you know that there's no way on the planet you're going to cook, then you need to find a way to be healthy about eating that doesn't include you cooking all the time. But I, I want to encourage all of you to continue to be intentional about what you actually put in your body. doesn't mean that all you can eat is kale and quinoa. It doesn't mean that you will never buy anything frozen again. doesn't mean you will never eat ice cream or the cake. But we all need to actually pay attention to what we put into our bodies because if we just put anything in it and put anything in it all the time, our body may not show up for us when we need it. And especially not just in this time of pandemic where we want our body to be in the tip top shape from an immune system point for us to not hopefully catch the heebie-jeebies, but there are so many things out there that can be challenging to our health beyond simply COVID that taking care of our bodies can give us more life. And at the end of the day, we we want to live better. We want to have a great life, which means we don't want it to end in a couple of days because we ate so much trash that we have uncontrolled diabetes and hypertension and fall the heck out. So I just, or you can't do anything because your joints hurt so much because you eat the whole entire world. And I ate my way through Boston. So I, I this is not being judgy. I'm carrying more weight than I should too, is that we we all have to <laughs> be mindful so that we can make sure that we're here tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, and years after that. That's all I have for you today. I have a couple quick things. The next is, you know, new episodes drop on Tuesday mornings. So stay tuned next Tuesday. But in the meantime, if you want to binge or listen to some things Go ahead and go back and listen to some old episodes. You may have some that you missed, or you may have someone some that you want to listen to again. Again, just give me a quick subscribe or follow. That way you'll get notifications of everything that is going on. And if you're really loving us, do me a favor. Give me a five-star rating and put a review. Helps us to be able to bring more great content to you. But that's all I have for you today. Sending out much love, virtual hugs to everyone. And until next time, have a better day. Can you believe that we made it to episode 31? I'm so excited that you have been here supporting Better with Dr. Erica along the way. Can you believe we just made it to the end of season two? Season two. First, I have to say thank you for making my dream of being a podcast host come true. Thanks for all your support, and I look forward to bringing even better content for you, which is hard because it's getting pretty good in season three. Now, while I'm gone, that doesn't mean the episodes will stop coming. 
you will see some bonus episodes pop up. So it's going to be important for you to follow or subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss a thing. Now, if you start missing me too much, you can always go back and listen to past episodes because as you can tell, there are quite a few. So especially if you started listening a little later in the podcast or there's some things that you may want to just listen to again and see what additional knowledge and tidbits you can get. I encourage you to go back and listen to some past episodes and I will be busy like a busy bee coming up with some new great episodes for you for season three. I even started taping some of them and you are going to love them. I know I do. But thank you so much again. I can't wait to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for the bonus episodes. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.